Welcome to the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show. Presented by Suburban Leisure Center. The place with the big red chair, celebrating 50 years. Now, Scott Mosby on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. All right, here we go. Hour two, filling in for Scott Mosby. Rich Orr is here, having a great time, doing what I do uh, all, all every day through the week, you know, helping people out. And uh, so here, uh, needing our help, we have Bob on the line, has a question about a basement bathroom, I believe. Bob, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? I can hear you. And, hey, I appreciate you're a super trooper hanging the line through that long break and everything. I really appreciate you hanging in there. And how can I help you? Now, Rich, I appreciate you taking my call, and I appreciate the Scott Mosby show and everything that the Mosby Building Arts does. Awesome. Well, what do you got okay. going on for us today? So here's my question. I wonder if you can help settle a dispute. Okay. Uh, I have a house built in 1985. Originally, it had a septic system, right? And so I converted it to, uh, uh, hooked up to the sewer system, to our local uh, sewer company. And uh, I've always wanted to finish my basement. You know, it's been unfinished. And so I have a, a bathroom rough-in, okay? Uh-huh. And uh, wife says it's a half bath, and I say, I think it's a full bath. So I'm looking at uh, three uh, pipes under, the, under uh, you know, in the concrete, Okay. Okay. One where I believe the shower should go, uh, it has water in it, so I'm assuming that's a pee trap. You know, uh-huh. I would I would assume that's what what it is. And then of course you know where the toilet's going to go, and it's about uh, eh, maybe uh, thirteen and a half inches to fifteen inches off the wall. And then right behind that pipe where the uh, toilet would go is another pipe that's maybe about a half inch off the wall, and uh, so all three of them will take on water. You know, I always, you know, keep them clean, uh, you know, throw a little vinegar in there, uh, you know, maybe a little bleach here and there, you know, make sure that the pipes are all clean, all flow well, you know, uh-huh. into my, the rest of my system. So could you settle the dispute? Do I have a half bath? Is that pipe that's closest to the wall, would that be considered a vent pipe or would it be considered, uh, you know, something for your, uh, you know, for your uh, sink uh, vanity type thing? Does that pipe that's closest to the wall, it goes up, obviously, into, like, the first floor wall of the home? No. Kind of disappears? No. Oh, no, it doesn't. No, it's up out of the concrete about, a, well, maybe two feet, two and a half feet. And uh, water flows uh, clearly through it. You can hear it gurgling and go down through the rest of the system. You know, mm-hmm. all the pipes are, are clear. And, uh, you know, I assume that... Uh, they would have it vented because there's a we have a, a first floor laundry, you know, right above the basement where I would like to put it in the bathroom. And so that pipe is clearly vented. And then they actually have another pipe next to it, which I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's a, a you know, a, a fall vent or a mistake when they uh, did the installation for the laundry room. You know, maybe they located the pipe wrong. So that we're going to leave it in there and we're just going to, you know, extend it out another two inches, you know put that up there. But my main thing is, how do I know if this pipe to the wall is a vent pipe or something for, you know, where I would be putting my, uh, uh, my plumbing for my, um, my, uh, uh vanity, you know, yes. thing. 
Yeah. So, so this one yeah. is a little bit confusing from what you're saying, because if the pipe just is cut off about three feet high, it sounds like kind of like a laundry drain where it just comes up out of the floor and is open and has a, a P trap in the floor, you know, to, and you'd hook like a laundry drain or something to it. And okay. typically that wouldn't be, you know, that's like what they call an open vent and wouldn't be vented out through the roof, you know, for an actual vanity sink. So normally okay. in these circumstances, you know, the first two pipes you talked about, I think you're correct. Cause when you normally look at a rough end in a basement for a bathroom, you know, the one 15 inches off the wall, that's about three to four inches around. That is definitely for your toilet. Yeah. Um, and then usually off to the left or the right of that is one coming out of the concrete floor. And that is for either a shower or a tub that's oh, just okay. kind of sticking up, you know, four or five inches or whatever. And, yeah. is, and is ready to go, you know, capped off right there. And then usually the other thing you would see is the vent that goes from the concrete floor that's kind of close to your concrete wall would go all the way up through the first floor and out through the roof. And in that pipe, they would stick a, about a one-foot pipe off the side of it that's capped. And that okay. you know, would be an inch-and-a-half pipe, and that would be where your sink goes. So it sounds to me like you're probably set up for a full bath, but the way that one ends and everything, I'm not absolutely positive. And you may want to, you know, just consider having, you know, a qualified person come look at it and really figure sure. out, you know, would it work for a full bath or a half bath or, you know, but it does sound like it should be set up for a full bath from what you're describing. But we can definitely come out and, you know, if you're interested in adding a bathroom like that, we, you know, here at Mosby Building Arts, we could take a look at the area, let you know what you're set up for, how the bathroom could lay out, and, you know, if it's designed for a half bath or a full bath, and, and we can go all the way through, you know, getting it designed and, and built and everything for you if you so desire. Sure. Yep. No, no, that makes sense. Yeah, I appreciate that answer. Uh, you know, I just, uh, you know, when I looked at it, I said, hmm, I said, you know, that I would, I would have always thought that there should have been at least a one vent, but I thought, you know, if you had the, I know you have a heat wrap in the floor over there, and there's water in it. Yeah. And uh, it should, but uh, yeah, I'll, I'll consider that before I, you know, spend too much money on my do it do-it-yourself project. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, definitely look at getting getting us or somebody or a plumber come out and take a look at it, give you some good advice, just to, just to make sure, because it's I'm not 100% positive by what you described, but appreciate the call and uh, great, great question and everything, and definitely something good to look into, you know, before you get in too deep, especially if, if it is something that you're, you know, you, you're capable, you can kind of do yourself, uh, make sure you've got the right thing set up the right way. Even if you pay a little bit to say, you know, come out and just let me know for sure, just so you don't end up with an issue down the road, you know, after something gets built, you know, it's definitely a great idea. So appreciate the call, Bob. A lot of, a lot of bucks. Yeah, no yeah, doubt. Absolutely. And thanks for taking my call. No, it. no problem. Thank you. And, uh, We've got Tina on the line. Tina, if you could hold the line, um, I want to I have enough time for you. 
I think we'll get into our first break here and get that out of the way, and that way we can get to you when we return. Everybody else, stay tuned. This is the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show. Presented by Suburban Leisure Center. The place with the big red chair, celebrating 50 years. Now, Scott Mosby on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. All right. Rich Orris back here with you, filling in for Scott Mosby today. And boy, we had a lot. Great conversation, great questions, great thoughts, a lot of stuff going on, talking a lot about maintenance, staying in your home for an extremely long time. And so we can continue all of that and continue all of your calls. And speaking of calls, we've got Tina on the line held on for us through the break. I appreciate that, Tina. Um, what What do you have for us today? Hi, Rich. I had an air conditioning unit um, replaced along with an air handler. I'm on a concrete slab, so the air handler is in the attic. Um, There had been some mold in the previous air handler, and they decided that they wanted to bring a company in to clean the air duct vent in the attic. Uh, The air blows down from the ceiling into my house. After all this work was done... I have had insulation blowing into my house. I've had them out three times, and they say there's no way that it can still be coming in. But within, like, 24 to 36 hours, there's a film on my floor. You know, I can feel it when I walk on it. When I vacuum it up, I can see the fibers in my vacuum. And I am kind of at a loss at what to do, where to go. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, So... I would definitely recommend getting a a good qualified, you know, HVAC person to come in and examine that ductwork in that attic and see cuz you've you've got one of probably two things possibly going on and it depends on what that insulation is or really looks like um so cuz obviously you have insulation in your attic and if there was something that they took apart that is letting that insulation get sucked into the the pipes, the vent pipes and everything, and then it's coming out and, you know, blowing out into your house. There's somewhere that either needs to be sealed up and, and stop that from coming in. Or when, when that ductwork is in your attic, a lot of that ductwork, it has like a fiberboard insulation inside of the actual main supply duct run. So yes, it is that, fiberboard. Yeah, that, and so the question is, is that board deteriorating? And, and did they do anything cleaning it to kind of cause some of that deterioration, or is it just old? Um, and is it, you know, is the insulation coming off that fiberboard and coming out into your house? And that would mean, you know, changing those those supply runs up in the attic to get some new stuff that's, you know, not going to let that happen anymore. So either way, I think you you need a good qualified HVAC contractor to inspect it, figure out what's going on, look inside of it, and then give you a good option from there, which of those two cases that it is, you know. Right. And therein lies the problem. Who is a good HVAC contractor? Um, so, I mean, yeah, doing research, checking with the Better Business Bureau and stuff like that. And you can um, call our office at Mosby Building Arts. 
and and have them give you the information of the heating and cooling contractor that we use. We have okay. one that we've used for, you know, over 20 years um, that should be very good and very qualified to figure something okay. like this out for you. It's really a matter now of just timing. Can, how, you know, everybody's so busy. How quickly can they get to something and, and things like that, you know, but the right. Better Business Bureau can give you a good list of who's also, you know, been a member for a long time and hasn't had a lot of complaints and in your area. Yeah, I've been on like the Better also. Business. I've been on their website and I just haven't found anybody. Um, there's a second part to the issue is when I had the company back to try to fix the insulation leakage, um, they... There was something that they didn't like, and they redid the setup of the air handler, and I ended up having a water leak go through my ceiling. And um, they said all I, it went through my light. It, I'm sure it got insulation wet up there. There was quite a bit of water. And my question now is the insulation probably needs replaced, but what about the flooring in the attic that was just it was saturated, as well as my ceiling, which now seems to be kind of wavy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the the flooring in the attic is is probably uh, if it's like a one by four, it's worth looking at, but it's probably fine from a one time kind of water instance. The uh-huh. the drywall um, that's kind of wavy and stuff now could have some mold on it, and you could have an area where you want to cut out that drywall, patch it up, put in a new piece and fix that ceiling to get rid of that mold and to just fix the ceiling so that it looks good and smooth and, you know, repaint it again and everything. So, yep, that, that would definitely be, you know, worth doing there. Um, and, and that's too something that Mosby Building Arts could look at that end of it as far okay. as, you know, what's happened to the insulation, what's happened to the ceiling. Can we do drywall patching and stuff like that? We can do all of that and we can, you know, get our HVAC company, West County Heating and Cooling, involved also for looking at that ductwork for you. So, yeah, if you want to call our office, um, 314-909-1800, you can ask okay. about that that HVAC contractor and maybe talk to him about the drywall patching and stuff. I definitely also. will. Okay, good. Okay, yeah. thank you so much. Appreciate no the help. No problem. You're very, very welcome. Um, sorry to hear about those issues going on, and it's always – you know, a hard thing for us when we hear, you know, when, when these issues occur and, you know, we, we all want to do the right thing and we want to, we want to do really good at it. So we'll do what we can for you to help get you out of this dilemma. Appreciate it, Rich. Thanks again. All right. You're welcome. And uh, so we got Joyce on the line. Joyce, are you with us? Yes, I am. <clears throat> Thank you. Oh, I have welcome. a question. Hi there, Rich. I have a question. Uh, We're going to get a new driveway poured, and um, I've had a couple of bids, people coming out looking at it and bidding and stuff like that. And I've had one person say that they're going to take the rebar and go and tie it into the garage floor. And then, you know, another person that came out for the bid said, no, you don't want to do that. They'll put rebar in, but um, not tie it into the garage. Okay. So, what would, who, what 
should I believe or not believe or whatever about tying into the garage floor? Is that a no-no or is that okay to do? So I would say if there's areas of, I mean, the quick answer I would say is no, don't put the rebar into that garage floor because if these, if the driveway and the garage floor need to kind of move a little bit, you know, separate and different from each other, then what happens sometimes is it'll break the garage floor. It'll chunk out a piece of concrete, you know, from the garage floor and and you may end up having to replace that garage floor later. If there's areas of the foundation around the garage floor, you know, to the left and right of the garage door, or if there's two single garage doors where there's foundation kind of in the middle, I would pin to the foundation, but I wouldn't recommend pinning to that garage floor itself just for that right. reason that it yeah. could break later. Yeah, that's what I was told by one of the contractors about not doing it. And we do have two garage doors, and I don't think, I'm not sure what you were saying about the foundation. Uh, I mean, to me, the garage floor is a foundation too, but you mean like, like a, instead of the, you mean like a horizontal, not yes. a horizontal, a vertical, like a vertical, a vertical yes. foundation wall or something. Yep. Yep. So if you have a vertical foundation wall to the left side of the garage door or the right side of the garage door, or like you were describing, you got two single garage doors, you might have a piece of vertical foundation that sticks up about four or five inches you know, between the two garage doors, yes. they can pin, yes, we do. yep, they can pin to that foundation wall. And so you'll be pinned left and right of those garage doors, just not to the actual garage floor, because the garage floor is not on a foundation. It's just like your driveway. It's got rock underneath it, and it's about four, four inches or so thick. So it mm-hmm. can move and heave. And, you know, when yes. it gets really cold, it can lift or things like that. So, you know, if your driveway gets more moisture and water and stuff underneath it, and in the winter it freezes, but your maybe your garage floor really doesn't freeze as heavily because it's behind the door in the grounds underneath it, when that driveway goes to lift, it can break yes. the concrete of the garage floor if the garage floor is not lifting with it. So, and but that, the foundation will stay. I understand what you're saying. That break, that breakage might occur right there where it was pinned in, Correct. so to speak. Yep. Yes, oh. exactly. Okay. And then how much rebar should you have under a driveway? Um, we're not going to get the apron done. That's in good shape or the sidewalk, you know, connecting. So we're just doing a driveway mm-hmm. about 18, I don't know, 18 by 20 or I guess it's more like 38 by. Anyway, they're okay. going to put um, seams or something in the middle. Of course, they have a vertical seam and then the, the horizontal seams. Yes, th- those are but, very important. Um, the guy wants to put in, um, <clears throat> I, someone told me it's the old-fashioned way of doing it, putting in what, um, cedar, cedar wood be in the seams. Uh-huh. And, you know, my concern is eventually those those are going to rot, and then we have to deal with maybe a bigger crack than was there. What would you recommend? Maybe I'll just tell them just do a seam and not put the cedar in the cedar wood in there. Well, so Between- yeah, 
they, they definitely need something in between them. So there's two uh-huh. different joints. There's a control joint. What we call a control uh-huh. joint isn't all the way through the concrete. It's basically they put a joint into the concrete with their yeah. equipment, and basically it's it's kind of telling the concrete where to crack if it needs to. And so, but then there's also what we call an expansion joint. Once it gets so big, an expansion joint actually goes all the way through and doesn't connect the two slabs of the concrete. So where he's offering that cedar is at the expansion joint, and you definitely need expansion joints. And the two things that they use in those joints are either the cedar or there's just like a black foam kind of piece that takes the place of the cedar. And mm-hmm. it will either way, over time, the cedar or that black expansion joint foam stuff will deteriorate yeah. and it will go away over time. And eventually you will need to caulk that. You'll need to do like the back rod and the caulking and everything to yeah. keep water from running down out of the yeah. way. What I would recommend doing is they make an expansion joint piece that you put in there. And what happens is it's... It's four inches tall, but the top like three quarters of an inch of it or half inch of it or so can be removed later. So what they do is once the concrete's set up, they remove that top strip and then they go ahead and they caulk it right away. And so once it's all set up, you know, after a couple weeks or whatever, they remove that and they caulk it and then you're done and you'll have that caulk there. And that caulk may need to be redone you know, a few years down the road or something, but it's, you know, that caulk will keep that water out. So the cedar's fine. Yeah. It's it's good to use. It's been used for years. It will need to be yeah. pulled out and replaced with caulk at some point, and so will the other one, or you can just go ahead and caulk it right away and, okay. and be done with it. Yeah, and, and you don't have to fill it. Like, I know... Um, when I've listened to the show before, it, when it has to be done, it's a deep enough thing that you got to put something underneath it before you put the clock on. Yes, you, know you what I'm do. Saying? I do. And that, that would, you wouldn't need if you do it right away because this, the piece they use for that expansion yeah. joint will, will be yeah. that filler. And they'll remove the top strip so that'll give them an area to put that caulk in. And, oh, and get it in. So if you like do a, it right away, they'll already have the backer in. If you use the cedar and do the backer, it yeah. later on, sounds you'll need like, to put the backer in. And you got to cut that top little layer out, or does it does it pull off automatically? Yes, it pulls off. For that. It's made for that, so it pulls off It's you made know, for that. Automatically. I, I get it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And the amount of rebar, typically we use um, less rebar and more mesh. So there's like mesh sheets you can lay into it that are so yeah. thick wire mesh. And that's what most people use more mesh than rebar nowadays. I think, I think they talked about the mesh too. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So it sounds like they've got a good system going, going on for you and the cedar would be fine. Or if, if they do the caulking and everything, that would be the best way to do it. Right. Well, All right. I, I, I appreciate your time and, and it gives me a little bit more talking yeah, yeah, no problem. Talking and, to yep. the people that come out. Absolutely. Right, it's good to get educated. You are very welcome. And Joyce, okay. we got to get thanks. into our middle break here. You're very, very welcome. So for everybody else, 
hey, feel free to give me a call. Let's talk some of this stuff out. Whatever you got going on, 314-436-7900. Stay tuned, and we'll be right back. Get the inside story on what's happening with your St. Louis Cardinals this season directly from the Redbirds manager. It's the Mike Schilt Show, Sunday mornings at 1015, sponsored by Bath Fitter on your voice of the St. Louis Cardinals, KMOX. All right, we are back rolling through two hours. Rich Orris here filling in for Scott Mosby. Just having a great time with it. Love getting a chance to help out the KMOX community, everybody out there, um, so many great listeners. And speaking about great listeners and questions, we have Betty on the phone. Betty has a garbage disposal question. What do you got going on, Betty? Uh, Hi, and thank you for taking my call. I have um, a reoccurring odor from the the garbage disposal. And I was told by a plumber's assistant that I need to clean underneath the rubber uh, things that are on the top of the garbage disposal. Uh-huh. So I've been doing that, but I find that the actual problem seems to be even more than that, that the gunk is adhering to the sides of the garbage disposal. So the odor keeps coming back, and then I clean it, and then, of course, it goes away, And but it returns all the time. Is it the problem of the garbage disposal working right, or what could be the problem? Um, so how old is the garbage disposal? Oh, five years, six, maybe a little more than that. It might be a little older. Okay. Six years or so, I'd say. Yeah, so five or six years really isn't necessarily that old. Um, So, you know, really shouldn't be anything on it working or, you know, anything like that unless it's really, you know, there's just something wrong with it where it's not grinding as well. But I would think the plumber would have, you know, they would have seen that or known that and, you know, recommended a new one. Have you ever um, just taken like some lemon slices and, and ground them up in there and tried to get get something like that in there to help kind of clean that up and everything? That's a that's a good thing you could do and run through it, you know, and run the garbage disposal with some lemons and some lemon peels or whatever to, to try and clean some of that gook out okay, of there. I and, do orange peels, yeah, um, orange you know, peels every now and then. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, it just seems like no matter what I do, it re, it returns. And my my garbage disposal, that little rubber clip, doesn't come out of there. Some of them, I believe, it does. Oh right? yeah, yes, definitely. Some of them they do. That rubber piece, you can pull it right out, mm-hmm. and um, then mm-hmm. you can clean it and you can clean underneath it, and you know yeah, you well, can even kind of get I to the sides. My hand in there, I put I put uh, Dawn on the sponge, and I clean it real well. And that, that does a trick, but then it comes back. So I just thought maybe it wasn't working right or something. Yeah, and so the only other thing would be to think about um, if you're putting anything out of the ordinary, you know, in into there when you're cleaning mm-hmm. off your dinner plates and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. You know, garbage disposals are definitely, 
you know, they're not meant for a whole lot of food. And I've seen people in the past, like, you know, when I've discussed with them, well, well, what was the last thing you put down there? And they were like, well, some spaghetti. And, And then with more conversation, it was like leftover spaghetti, not like spaghetti scraps on a plate when you finish dinner. It was like leftover spaghetti from the fridge and they just dumped like a whole cup of noodles down there and thought, you know, and I'm going, Ugh. yeah, I it's see. really only meant for table <laughs> scraps, you know? So, you know, other than kind of watching and examining maybe what is going in there when you're using it, is it mm-hmm. sticky stuff? Is it noodles and things like that, that might, you know, trying to do less of that might help, you know, okay. if so there is. Are you saying that softer food is not, suitable to put in there well definitely yeah like yeah spaghetti noodles stuff like that it's fine it is suitable to put in there you know on a scrap on a dinner plate when there's you know a few noodles left and stuff but not not a lot because it is kind of gooey and sticky and and it doesn't you know cut up as well as something a little you know harder like a carrot junk or different things like that so mm-hmm. um, you know you mm-hmm. definitely got to watch the things you're putting in it and, and you know I'd, I'd literally drive my own wife crazy all the time like I will take a plate that she thinks is ready for the garbage disposal and I'll still scrape a little more off you know and bring it back again just to keep as less going in there as as possible you know uh-huh. well I have that debate with someone too about what to put in there uh they have a garbage disposal but they don't put anything in it yeah yeah well, I do put but I don't put in any uh like apple peelings or potatoes I know that doesn't work yeah yeah definitely That's- as much as you can get into the trash you're just way better off with that garbage disposal oh the yep. poor trash man <laughs> yeah exactly yep all right. Well, thank you so much, and I really enjoy the show. No problem. I appreciate you calling in, and glad we can help, and glad that you enjoy it. And uh, I think um, if Ed can hold the line for me, I think we'll get into our final break. So maybe we have good time for Ed. You know, once we come back from the break. So everybody, stay tuned, and we'll get to Ed as soon as we return. This is the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show. Presented by Suburban Leisure Center. The place with the big red chair. Celebrating 50 years. Now, Scott Mosby on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. All right, Rich Orr is here filling in for Scott Mosby. Got our last segment of the day. Been here almost two hours now having a great time. And with time running out, let's get straight to Ed on the lines. Ed has some cedar siding questions for us. Are you there, Ed? I've got rough cut cedar siding on the house, and it's been treated with something. It's some color and agent. I don't know whether it was painted or stained, but I need to do something to it again, and I don't know what to use, paint or stain. Oh, gotcha. Um, Yeah, so it will matter a lot what you're using on what's on there now um, because you want to match, make sure you match those products or you use a product over a product that's going to work really well. So if it's stained, you want to go with some sort of stain. And if it's a paint, you want to go with some sort of paint because the stain won't really work on top of that paint. So the big key would be finding out what is on there, getting a good painting professional to take a look at it and say, well, here's what you've got now. You know, here's what I'd recommend going over it with, 
you know, unless you're looking to strip it all. No, that was my question. I figured it'd make a difference what was already there, but I don't know how to tell what it is. Yeah, yeah, it definitely makes a difference what was there because you want to make sure what you're putting onto it either soaks in like it should or sticks to the top of it like it should, and stains just don't stick to the stop, you know, to the top of paints really well at all. And there is, you know, like solid color stains that are act more like a paint and that may be what you have too. And that would be going back with the same type of product to make sure it works on top of itself. Okay. I appreciate your help. Yeah, no problem. Find yourself a good painter out there, Ed. And if anybody needs anything, you know, you guys can, Call us at Mosby Building Arts, 314-909-1800. Check out our website, callmosby.com. That's C-A-L-L-M-O-S-B-Y.com. And you can find a lot of information there. We can advise people. Or if it's stuff we do, we can come out and take a look at it. So thanks a lot, Ed. Thank you. Keep up the good work. All right. Awesome. You're welcome. And so we've got Rick has a question about some windows. Let's see if we can help Rick out. How you doing, Rick? Are you there? I'm uh, I'm here doing fine. Hey, I got a question for you. So, I've been, I've kind of been renovating houses for the last thirty years, kind of as a hobby. Done lots of houses, and now I'm at a house where I've, it's I got it's got me stumped because I've never seen anything like it before. So the house outside framing is two by three construction, not two by four. So okay. I put in you know windows on new construction i put in tons you know well over 100 replacement windows but this one it hasn't stumped okay i found out when i put in a front door when i put the front door in it it wasn't fitting because you know it's made for two by four construction so it's basically two by threes with a half inch sheathing on the outside and half inch drywall on the inside so i'm an inch short yeah yeah definitely yes Difficult for your doors for sure, and or if you get windows that are, you know, new construction style that are meant for a two-by-four wall, just like those doors are, um, yes, they come a common size, and they're just going to stick into the room beyond that. So, yeah, you're basically looking for a replacement, you know, style window that's, that's just thinner that will either make it to the drywall or will hold back a little bit. You know, but right. So you know, I know the. Don't quote me, but I think you know a standard replacement window that you get at the big box store is you know three and a quarter. Uh, I yes. think three and a quarter, you know, wide, and it's 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 kind of like real close. Um, you know, with the measurements, I haven't taken the window out, nor do I want to take the window out uh, until I know what I'm until I know what I'm doing because it's in pretty bad shape, but. Uh, yeah, I, I, is it? Would, do you think it would just be a safe bet to rig something together, go get a replacement window, throw it into the frame, you know, shim it out, throw it into the frame, and then do my best to put the trim around it to make it match? Or, or is it, do they make specifically something for two by three walls? You know, like I said, I've never come across this. Yeah, I so honestly, I don't know if they make windows. I would talk to a couple window manufacturers. And see if any of them make. I know the vinyl window manufacturers really are not. Um, they're pretty set in their ways, whether it's new construction or replacement. They're all a little bit different. They're all a little bit different thickness. 
but I know like Pella and some different, you know, manufacturers, um, Anderson, stuff like that. They make windows that fit a two by four wall with your jam and everything. And, you know, they may have something they do that they know about that they work out for that when if you tell them you've got, you know, a two by three wall, um, there may be something that makes it easy for you because the thing I'm going to worry about the most is in that replacement window, you got to make sure you work out the exterior. So from the interior, I could see that replacement window, you know, moving in and out, back and forth, finding the right depth. But then, you know, in working out from an interior look, but from the exterior, I would worry a little bit that if it's not a new construction style and you can't flash tape and all of that, you got to do something around that outside, you know, to, to really try and dry and air protect, stop, you know, air infiltration and all of that from the outside. Is it vinyl siding on the home? Yeah, it's vinyl siding. And, you know, I'm, I'm standing outside looking at it right now. And, you know, most of the houses that I've replaced windows on are like 100-year-old houses. So, you know, the, the typical old-fashioned door. Yep. I mean, uh, window frames, you know, and I put them in up against the outside stops and, you know, it's worked out fine. These outside stops are maybe, I don't know, three thirty seconds of an inch thick. I don't know. I can't tell what they are because they're painted, maybe aluminum or yeah. something like that. But, the, you know, the window is a vinyl window, which all, and, it, and to me, it looks like a standard, um, you know, replacement window. But again, I haven't taken it out to examine it because I don't want to go down that road till I know you know, I have a, I know something to put back. Other yeah. Than yeah. I would. Yep. So yeah. it does sound like they probably did a replacement window. Cause if they're vinyl and that's what the, the wall thickness is on the outside mm-hmm. walls, it probably wasn't a typical setup, you know, and the house is probably a little bit older. So they probably were replaced at some point. My worry is when we get into replacement windows and vinyl siding, you know, what we do is we actually strip off that vinyl siding from around the window, put in a new construction style window with the fins so that I yeah. can, you know, right. flash tape it, do all that. Then you can reinstall that existing siding or get new, yeah. whatever works for you. And then you've got a window that won't leak. And here right. with a replacement window, I would worry with that vinyl siding, you know, you did it right well, in the old house and that's common. But in this yeah. one, I'd worry about leaks. Yeah, well, it is framed out in wood, and they ran the, the J-channels right up against the wood frame around the window with the siding. So there's a wood frame around the window. Yeah. So, you know, depending, they didn't do a very good job with the siding on this house, so I guess it's suspect, but I sure don't want to tear out big sections of siding if I can avoid it. Yep, so so what you want to do, and we just got a, a, a caller that put in a note, too, that is awesome. I really appreciate that. Um because I, I didn't think of it off the top of my head, but, you know, to to look in those manufacturers for RV or, or camper windows. So, okay, okay. like, you know, um, yes, so so there's a lot of homes out there. They are two-by-three walls on your, okay. your RVs, your campers, you know, all of that type of stuff. So there's uh-huh. there's got to be a manufacturer out there that has, a you know, a vinyl window, that would go into okay. like a mobile home or whatever that would have that thinner wall that would work okay. out and maybe even start by Google searching, you know, like mobile home yeah. windows, camper windows, thinner okay. windows. Yeah. And I'll bet you come okay. up with something that would be thinner. Okay. You know, that yeah, would that work out like in that. Yeah. So 
Yeah, that sounds like a good I'll give that a shot. Okay, yeah, perfect. And, hey, I appreciate the call and the question. Glad we could help you out, and I do appreciate the caller calling in, mentioning that that camper and everything, too, because that's a great, great point, and that's so awesome, you know, having everybody, the whole community helping out on on this call for you there, Rick. So, all right, have a good day, buddy. Thanks. Thanks for your help. No problem. You are very, very welcome, and I got to tell everybody out there, I just – Man, I had a blast. I had a great two hours here filling in for Scott. Got a lot of great questions, a lot of calls. Got someone helping out, calling in, um, getting Rick an answer on those windows. Um, just just a great thing going. So just want to remind everybody that uh, we do have um, a webinar coming up on all exterior stuff here at Mosby Building Arts on uh, August 25th at 11.30, so you can go to our website at callmosby.com forward slash seminars, and you can sign up for that, see what it's all about, get the time, everything down. You know, just like this show, it's educating, it's getting great things out there. So I appreciate it, and um, I will uh, talk to everybody at a later time. Have a good weekend.